0: just go to Cards.com. It's magical. All right, we are here live with an instant reaction podcast to preseason week one of your boy Pat Lane, as always, joined by Matt St. Jean. Matt, what do you think? First, first preseason game. What do you think? Well, I mean, uh, it's not the
1: greatest show in the world, but it is nice to finally have football back. Um, as some would say, this wasn't Jesus Christ at the Rocks. That's how some people would be saying it these (laughs) days, but uh, no, just glad to be back. And everything I've gotten over the last couple of weeks is you're just, you're just reading things and you're seeing a handful of clips on Twitter. And it's nice to be able to put some full context into stuff and actually watch things play out. You don't have to try to discern from 15 different blogs. Mm -hmm. If somebody's actually playing well, you get to see it for yourself. So that was really nice. And I think we got a couple of good players and some really nice moments tonight, too.
0: 100%. 100%. And listen, even for a guy like me who's been at practice, you know, a handful of times, probably five, six times, it's just not. They've done zero tackling at practice. Zero. They have not tackled yet at practice. So even just seeing that was one of the ones where, like, you know, I, uh, I, was, I was happy to see that, of course. Of course, blue Gold with the. With the two, the, the Trey Nixon hype train keeps on rolling. I guess we'll start there because we got a lot of things to get get through. But everyone knows if you read my stuff, if you listen to my stuff, if you just associated with me in any way, you know that I love Trey Nixon. Had a rough drop on you know, on a third down play in the first half, uh, but was open consistently. Tyquan Thornton's touchdown was open in the end zone. Hoyer, of course, went to Thornton instead, which you know obviously worked out. Second half, he made some really nice, deep, deep ball adjustments on Bailey Zappi. And Zappi did a nice job. He had, he had the, the pass to Humphrey as well of hitting those back shoulder throws and giving his receiver time to go back and get it. Had a third one that, you know, looked like a probably in the regular season would have been called pass interference because the defender was there. They were a little more lenient with that call. I know the Patriots did it once or twice too. Then they, and I think they may be in the regular season, but either way, uh, ended up being a pretty nice showing from my boy, from my boy, Trey, Christian Wilkinson had a, had a pretty good, pretty solid game as well. And then little, uh, little Jordan Humphrey, you know, another guy who's another bubble guy was wide open. I thought the entire second half of the game and had that really nice touchdown catch, which was tipped right at the end and he still caught it. So, uh, I was happy to see those guys, but of course my guy, Trey, man, like I was, you know, I was fired up on those, on those plays, uh, on that drive.
1: Yeah, Trey made himself uh, a a couple nice plays. Like you said, he was getting open, um, which I I wasn't really surprised to see him open. I knew that was kind of in his bag. That's in his skill set. But it was nice to see him really be able to work a little bit, overcome the drop, still make some plays. Uh, And like you said, the deep ball tracking, I thought he and Wilkerson both were very good with that. We're we're good at kind of seeing the ball in. Um, Wilkerson in the past has had some issues with drops as well. So it's nice yep. to see him kind of have a, a clean performance. And I, I mean, it's, I'm looking at this, just the way the receiving core played, it's going to be tough to cut guys. I mean, we got, we can going to have the discussion about what you do with Nelson Aguilar and that contract and all that. But beyond that, I mean, we got to figure out how many guys they're even going to be keeping because Wilkerson and Nixon both have cases for it, for being on this roster. And Humphrey's right. a guy who has contributed to a degree in the NFL before. Um, I know if I'm the Bears, I might be calling Bill saying, hey, can you send us a couple more receivers right now? Yeah. Um, which I'm sure sure we're going to talk about the offensive line, a couple injuries there. It's nice to have depth at a couple positions when you might need some depth at offensive line. You might be able to swap out some parts with some other teams.
0: 100%. 100%. And, and honestly, like you know, that's one of those things where, yeah, you look at it, and I think the depth, you know, and people have been trashing the Patriots wide receivers all offseason. But, you know, you saw what Taequann Thornton can do. And he, you know, he had two catches for nine yards. Right. But you know, the one pass that was a little underthrown by Hoyer. He smoked his guy on that deep route and had it, you know, and had a step on him and the safety was coming over too, but you know, a little bit underthrown from Hoyer, but you saw the route running, the ability to, to work through the contact to make the catch in the back of the end zone was great. You know, he's on the team. He's a second round draft pick. Like He's on the team. So the question is who isn't on the team, right? Because like you said, there's only a certain amount of guys you can keep. You can't keep eight wide receivers as much as you'd like to. You can't keep eight wide receivers. So you have to make a decision at some point, you know, do you keep six and then two out of, you know, Nixon, uh, Humphrey, and, um, and Wilkerson gets cut? Do you keep five and all three of those guys get cut? Or do you keep, you know, do you say, okay, we're moving on from Nelson Aguilar. Hey, the Bears are willing to take some of that money. Maybe not all of it. But some of that money and it works out better for I'm sure Nelson Agu was looking at the saying, Jesus Christ, get me the hell out of here. Like the, the depth chart is, is is loaded right now. And yes, you know, and this is the conversation we've had, uh, you know, I've had a 100 times on here. They don't have a number one receiver. That's true. But they have like three or four number two receivers. And that's what Brady did for years for years and so that's the thing for me where you know I looked at it and said like hey they have a lot of depth here now you have to decide do you move on from those guys do you move on from a guy like Jacoby Myers I think that'd be stupid to do that I think he's the most reliable wide receiver I know he's you know he's in the RFA year. I get that but moving on from him I don't think makes any sense I think the guy that I'm looking at is Nelson Aguilar he's the one that makes the most sense to move on from he's got you know he's not a really a tradable contract but still and honestly, I'd be willing to eat all the money if I'm the Patriots. We're already up against the cap. We don't need cap relief necessarily. It doesn't really matter. But let's keep these guys in house. That we think, hey, these guys are good. If I trade him, I can keep six receivers and keep both Nixon and Wilkerson, or you know, or Humphrey as well. You know, we're two two out of those three guys, right? So that's really the thing that I'm looking at if I'm the Patriots.
1: Oh, I think. The thing that's going to make this more difficult is that it seems like Aguilar has performed pretty well in training right. camp. So obviously, we've talked about how uh, receivers kind of been an issue for this team in the last couple of years. And the year we talked about for that was 2019. Well, you go look at a week Two, 2019, what the receivers looked like. I mean, Josh Gordon was on that team at one point. Antonio Brown was on that team at one point. There was a point early on in the season where it looked like they were set at the position. And yep. then people get hurt. People leave the team, and right. all of a sudden you're in a bad position. Parker's a guy with injury history, um, and I really liked what we saw from Thornton tonight. But can you ask, can he actually be a starter? Um, I'm firmly in the 50-50 camp on Aguilar. I think it's going to be yeah. tough to make a bad decision on it. I think it's all going to be about what offers do you get. If somebody, if the Bears or the Colts or some team needs a receiver or the team has a receiver go down they come to you and they say hey we'll give you a fourth or a fifth round pick for Aguilar and we'll and we'll take the money too yeah I think you got to do that or at least you got to think pretty hard about it if Parker's not hurt if it's like the Harry deal where you're getting a seventh rounder in two years that's I think a different story
0: yeah 100 100 and so we'll see that's going to play out over time And, and you know that decision might get made for the Patriots because, you know, next week in joint practices, some guy might go down with an ACL injury, you know, who knows, right? God willing, that doesn't happen. But, but sometimes these, you know, these camp decisions get made by guys getting hurt. So things, you know, things
1: work themselves out sometimes.
0: Exactly. Exactly. So, so, you know, so we'll see how that goes, but, uh, but let's move away from that. I thought uh, just staying on the offense, you talked about the offensive line. I thought the offensive line, was okay. There were parts of it that were good. There were parts of it that were not good. Obviously, you saw Kajust or Kajust. I don't know how the hell to pronounce it. They see, keep saying Kajust, so I'm going to go Kajust. Uh, Kajust and Haran both go down. Uh, both got up uh, under their own power, and mm-hmm. so it seems like those two guys are okay. Bill Murray at one point was in the tent, yeah. uh, but he was okay, and so like I thought overall you avoided injury, which was good, but like, I don't know, you know, the offensive line was, and again, we're dealing with, with backups and second stringers here. All the starters outside of Cole Strange did not play. So, mm-hmm. okay, you're dealing with backups, but I think you saw some good things from some guys where you can say, okay, it was decent, right? At times there were some running lanes. up here, strong at a really nice um, one cut kind of, um, mm-hmm. kind of run, you know, but there wasn't a ton there. So they weren't, they weren't out there like creating crazy holes. I do think it was interesting I saw like two, like stretch runs, two or three. Like it yeah. looked like their regular offense, which was strange.
1: I think uh, the totals ended up being forty passes to eighteen runs or something like that. And one of those runs, I think, was a scramble. So, yeah. um, I mean, I, th- I think that right there says a lot about where they think this running game is and where they think the offensive line is. And that it's never good when you have uh, offensive linemen get hurt, especially at tackle especially when your top two tackles are Trent Brown and Isaiah, and one of whom isn't playing because he's hurt. Yeah. Yeah. And that is one of those positions where it's like, all right, if you can make a deal with somebody else and get a a tackle from another team, I think you got to at least explore that option. Um, I, yeah, I think the the line in general was really up and down. Had some really nice plays and then some really bad ones. Zappy was really having to move in the pocket a lot of points. Yeah, and it's it's a position where I also wouldn't be shocked if we get to cut down day and there's only six or seven offensive linemen on the roster and Bill waits to see who gets cut elsewhere and brings two guys in. Right. Or the Yasir Durant trade last year, you just kind of taking a flyer on a guy and sent in. I think it was a late round pick. So. I think that is still very much a work in progress, and given how Hoyer looked at points and how up and down Zappy was, I think making sure you have a good offensive line is going to be even more key because they're not winning a lot of games if Mac Jones goes down.
0: Absolutely, no, and that's and that's it. You know, and I will say before we switch over because I do want to get over the defense, but I thought Zappy, I mean, really struggled when he first came in in the first half. Obviously, you could see it, right? In the second half, I thought he played pretty well. I thought he got into a nice little rhythm. Now, you know, he had that bad interception where you have to, you cannot not see that linebacker was standing right there. It's not like, you know, I originally thought and Zolak thought on the on the broadcast too that, you know, they had done like some sort of zone blitz and the D ended pop back. No, it's just the linebacker was standing there the whole time and he threw it right at him. Right. So, yeah. those are things that can't happen. And he's a rookie, but I do think that overall he had some really nice throws. He had a, a few nice throws on the sideline that the. The back shoulder throw to Wilkinson, where he just turned and the ball was on him. I mean, that's that's a great throw, you know. And the yeah. two throws to Nixon were both good throws. They're underthrown intentionally so he can do that back shoulder, right? And so then you leave it up to to your receiver to make those plays. But I thought that you know, Zach, and we know Zach—he can throw the ball. He threw for six thousand yards <laughs> last year. Like he can throw it, you know. So, yeah. But I thought overall. He played pretty well. He showed a little bit of maneuverability. He did mention the mm-hmm. pocket broke down a few times. He but he broke a tackle or two, got outside the pocket, made some things happen with his legs. So I thought overall he was okay. I mean, you know, he's a rookie, he's not gonna, he's not starting anytime soon, hopefully, right? So, like, but yeah. I thought overall he looked decent enough that like he's a guy in a year or two that they might flip to get someone back, right? And this is where. The development quarterback, I was talking to Josh and my buddy Josh Allen, who, who works for Pewter Pew Report down in Tampa. ADQ, always develop quarterbacks. Always, because they're a valuable commodity, right? If Bailey, Bailey Zappi looks decent in his first preseason game, and then next year comes out and balls out in the preseason, now now some teams are like, hey, this guy might be pretty good. Let's trade the Patriots a third-round pick for him, right? And now all of a sudden you flip Bailey Zappi for a third-round pick, and you start all over with someone else. And, and that's and that's kind of that's what the Patriots have been yeah. doing since they drafted Brady. Yeah. And I liked the flashes
1: we saw from him. I thought he did really well when there was a lot of chaos, yeah. um, which is good to see. I think he thrives in that environment. So we'll see how he looks as he matures. We get to week two, week three of the preseason. And I think maybe if, once the game starts to slow down for him, he'll make plays before chaos happens. Yeah. But yeah. You always want to develop quarterbacks, and heck, it's good for yourself. You want that on your own team. Yeah. It doesn't. Ask any Patriots fan what it's like when you're going up against a backup on the other sideline. They can win you a Super Bowl if you get the right guy. So yeah. I don't know if Zappi's ever going to be that guy, but he's on the team. Develop him, right. and I, I like the flashes I saw.
0: Yeah, yeah, I know. I agree 100%. So all right, let's flip to the defense. Uh, mm-hmm. We'll start on the line, defensive line. I thought you know, the two guys that stuck out to me the most and the two guys that I was watching the most were Sam Roberts and LeBron Ra- uh, Ray. I'm sorry. Those are two guys that I have my eye on, obviously, you know Roberts, a late round pick, Cliff Harris, award winner, um, and then Ray was was undrafted rookie free agent, really because of injuries at Alabama. Yeah. They both showed some flashes. I mean, Sam Roberts had that one drive where he just absolutely blew everything up. Had like three pressures, forced a, a you know a um, a holding call, and so he just he did a great job. You know, and he he was okay the rest of the game, but that one drive he was great. And then Ray showed some flashes, too, like had a little bit of athleticism, but moved around. Ray played every position on the defensive line. He was inside. He was outside. He was on the right side. He was on the left side. He moved all over the place, and he looked didn't look out of place in any of those spots. Right? He didn't necessarily dominate any of the Roberts, and at times they got pushed around a little bit. Um, but, you know, for the most part, I was pretty happy with what I saw from the two of them.
1: Yeah. And I mean, those are guys, I think they can absolutely push for a roster spot based on what we saw. I also think, I mean, eventually you're going to try to fill out a practice squad and Mm -hmm. sneak some of these guys there. And uh, I mean, especially a guy like a Sam Roberts, I think Uh, either one of them or both of them, if you can get them to the practice squad and you're happy with your, your starters, the guys are going to roll with I mean, Barmore, guy, Godshaw, Godshaw, the best defensive lineman in football, apparently. (laughs) So, uh, (laughs) I mean, yeah, I liked what we saw from him. Obviously, still a little bit raw, but really good athletic traits. And if you have a defensive lineman, you can move around. That is yep. such a key piece. That's one of the things that made Trey Flowers so valuable when he was in New England. Exactly.
0: Yep. Yeah. And and you know the other the other guys, I think people were really looking forward. You know, Penny Jennings. By the way, Penny's happening. It's just happening. You, if yeah. you listen to me, you know his name's Anthony. If you're if you're you know 19 and you don't know this. Anferny Hardaway played with Shaq early on. He was his nickname. His name was Penny. Everyone called him Penny Hardaway, but his name was Anthony. And Anthony Jennings, Penny. There we go. So, uh, so Penny Jennings, I thought played really well. I liked what I saw from him quite a bit. He only played really the first quarter, uh, but I thought you know he played pretty well. Uh, Ronnie Perkins had some up and downs. He had some nice plays. He had some tough plays. He had a play. One play where, like, they ran, uh, I think they ran a jet sweep and he just got completely walled off on the edge. And you know, took it to the edge, he ended up making the tackle 20 yards downfield. But you know, you want to see him set the edge, right? And so, he had some plays like that. Josh Uche had some nice plays getting to the quarterback, but then again, we see the same thing from Uche all the time. He can't set the edge, he's not, you know, they had, you know, it was one play where like they ran a play, um, a misdirection in the backfield and he just stood there and then the guy ran by him and you're like man what are you doing guy like you can't keep doing this and so um so I was I was happy to see Perkins at least on the field because we didn't see that at all last year right but Uche is like that same thing we keep seeing the same thing from him he has the ability to get to the quarterback but that's pretty much all you're getting from Josh Uche and I just I, if you have guys that can get after the QB I don't know if that's going to be enough to get Josh Uche on this team I really don't
1: See, I'm, I'm kind of feeling the opposite way about that. I, I liked what I saw from him. I don't think he was anything spectacular as a run defender, but I thought he was fine. And I also think, I mean, first of all, neither Uche or Jennings, none of these guys are going to be starters. That's going right. to be Judon and Wise, who are going to be kind of on those, uh, those spots. So they're going to be put in situationally. If you're putting Jennings in there situationally as a run-stopper and a power guy, I thought he looked really good. I thought he looked much more comfortable there than he did the last time we saw him at off-the-ball linebacker. I remember going back to that Cardinals game in 2020 where week. he just looked yeah. lost. I um, thought he looked just a lot more comfortable, and I, that means a lot. He's got a lot of length. And if you if you have Jennings on the field on first and second down at some points and Uche coming in on second and third down when it's passing situations – He is a disruptor there. He was really good at points, winning one-on-one, getting around the edge. He's so quick. He's so twitchy. They don't really have anybody else like that. Um, The last guy they had that was anything like that was Winovich. But one of the reasons he went, I mean, I think Uche is a much more explosive pass rusher.
0: For sure, yeah.
1: And if you have one designated pass rusher, there's room for one designated pass rusher on the roster in that front seven, I think. Especially because this defense, by and large, looks similar to what we've seen in the past. I think you're still going to see the linebacker blitzes and stunts and twists. Mm -hmm. Uche can do that, and he knows what's going on. I mean, I think of those three guys between Jennings, Uche, and Perkins, Perkins is kind of the odd man out right now. And it's kind of tough to cut somebody uh, a year into what's going on, but I just don't know how you're going to find the roster spot for him.
0: Yeah, I mean that's the thing. That's one of those things with you know with all the edge guys, and you draft all the edge guys, right? They took a a, a ton of them, right? From Winovich to Uche to Perkins to you know all these guys and Jennings and all these guys, where you tick all these guys. I know they're just all there, right? And so you're like, well, now now what do we do with all of them, right? You go out and sign Matthew Judon, you got a million guys, right? So now you have to make a decision, and that's where the, some of these challenging, you know. Challenging things come from. Now Perkins could be a guy where you trade him, right? Instead of cutting him because you're right, he's a third-round pick from last year. You you see some potential there, but it's like, well, you know, we can't just cut him because someone else is going to pick him up, right? So can we trade him and, and get something back said, for him?
1: Or yeah. And I liked him coming out of Oklahoma, but he just seems I think you drafted him thinking he's a hybrid and he might just be a tweener. He's not big enough to bull rush or right. hold the edge, and he's not quick enough to get around anybody. And sometimes you just miss on a guy. I, right. I know people were very divided on Perkins coming out of Oklahoma. People like, oh, PFF I loved
0: had them. him PFF had him in the top 30. I mean, they, they yeah. had him as a first round pick. He was the only guy, the only edge defender that had a, a 90 overall rating against the run and the pass in college football. He's the only guy that, that they had, but you know, he just, you might be right Like he just may not have the strength to do both things, you know?
1: Yeah. And you hear about him running with like the scout team in yes, practice. Exactly. And obviously, I mean, there's only so many reps to go around and Somebody has to be on the scout team, but I think what most of us expected is that was going to be Jennings and Perkins was going to step up. I don't think a lot of us, I think a lot of us saw Jennings be missing last season as a sign of, all right, he just doesn't have it Well, Foxborough flew there, but right. uh, I guess he, he was actually hurt and seems to have found a, a better home here.
0: Yeah. Now for sure. And so, so we'll see now the linebacking core, I thought was up and down as far as you know the the you know the some good plays some bad plays but what really stuck out was the athleticism Mac Wilson on the blitz that he had just oh. came flying in yeah. and Cam McGrown with his his athleticism almost had like three or four interceptions just from running towards tip balls and diving at them like the athleticism from those guys and McMillan played okay too so the the athleticism from those three guys I think is what really stuck out. And that is a big change from what the Patriots have had really ever. They haven't had, you know, maybe they've had one guy that has some speed at the linebacker, but like not three guys that can move and have the athleticism. Those three do. And that's something that's going to be really interesting. Now the question is, are you going to be able to keep all those guys? Like, can you keep Cam McGrone on the roster? if you have to keep all these other guys, right, then it becomes, you know, you know you're know, trying, trying to figure it out, right? Some roster calculus where you're trying to figure out, okay, can I keep that guy and can I keep this guy and where does this guy fit in? Like, you know, because obviously Jawan Bentley's making the team. Mm-hmm. So you got Bentley already. You assume Mack Wilson and, and, you know, and Raekwon McMillan are above him. And you've seen that in practice. I mean, we've seen nothing from Cam McGraw in practice. And I don't even know if he played great tonight as far as like just Being a linebacker, great. But the athleticism is what jumped off the page to me when you see that with him. And that's a guy that you want – if you feel like you can develop him, you want to keep him around.
1: Yeah. I do want to go away from just the strict football discussion for a second here because when I saw all three of these linebackers, their appearance to me was very different. Uh, You look at uh, McGrown out there. I thought I was watching Jakob Johnson. The size, the dreadlocks and everything. Uh Get Mac Wilson out there wearing number 30. So weird. He's a linebacker. He's got like a silver armband. He's got the silver sleeve silver armband with his number on it. And then McMillan out there playing without gloves. It's just... It felt like a little bit when you go into Madden in your couple years and you just got some of the random guys to get thrown on your right. roster, the computer-generated yeah. ones. But yeah, I, I went back. I was watching uh, Brown's Pats last year some of the film just to get Mac Wilson in that game. And man, he has some pop on him when he hits a guy. And you mm-hmm. saw that tonight. And the same with McMillan same when I mean, Anthony Jennings Penny Jennings when he got that free rush at the quarterback he yep. was popping guys and i think having that size speed combination with all of them is really helpful um McMillan did have a couple of plays in that where he was one on one with Saquon Barkley in the flat and kind of no had shot. a rough time with it but also yeah that's going to happen if you're up against Saquon and there's no linebacker that's going to do well in that assignment. I think if this is a real game and your game planning for it, that's Phillips or Duggar or Peppers, all of which we didn't see tonight. And presumably that means they're going to be on the roster.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And that's one one thing for me is that you know the the zone coverage still looked pretty rough there were guys running all I mean there was one third down play where like it looked like the Patriots of last year where there's like four guys all wide open for a first down and I'm like oh my god like you didn't cover anyone there's just everyone's wide open for a first down and he threw it to a guy who was open and caught it for a first down you're like my god man like just cover one of them like make it a little (laughs) bit challenging and so it's like you know but that's It's just kind of – it's been their MO the last few years, but they – you know, I think think the athleticism at linebacker can really help with that, I think. And, again, it's a long way to go, but just seeing that, I think, is exciting.
1: Yeah. No, I I like that a lot. It's refreshing. And, again, this is without Bentley, who's probably going to be your main guy this year. The man in the room, as they were saying, the leader of that group. So once he's back and you get some of the safeties too – I think a lot of these linebackers are only gonna be asked to be kind of roller depth players anyway, in a certain sense. You're playing Miami and they got guys running horizontal on you all the time. If if the game plan calls for Raquan McMillan to try to pick up Tyree Hill or Jalen Waddle <laughs> on one of those crossers, then God Not help happening. us. Yeah. Right.
0: Yeah. No. Hundred yeah, percent. Yeah. So we'll see. We'll see. But uh, all right. Last. Lastly, we'll finish up with the secondary. Secondary. I was impressed, Joanne Williams. I'm just going to pretend like he doesn't exist. I'm going to pretend yeah. like they've already cut him. We're just we've moving already, on from Joe Williams.
1: We've known that he's off the team since the Buffalo game,
0: like, right. right? He's just, he's just
1: not here he's because not he was be. still under contract.
0: <laughs> exactly, exactly. So he's, you know, he's done. And listen, he brings some physicality, and he, you know, he had a few hits or whatever. But he can't cover anyone. I mean, Jesus Christ, I could get out there and 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 smoke Joe. Maybe not. Maybe I can't do that. But you know, I'd I'd, I'd give it a shot, give it the old college try, as they say. Uh, but you know. I was I was impressed by Jack Jones really impressed me with some of his instincts and the way he jumped those balls. My goodness. That throw. Now it was a great, it was a great um throw to the sideline, right? Mm-hmm. But he broke on that ball. It should have been a pick six. And somehow that throw was, you know, the receiver had to dive, Ross, I think it was had to dive uh to catch it on the sideline, but he broke right in front of it and almost picked it off for, for an interception. Uh, you know, he had another one where he went around the wide receiver and knocked it away with his offhand. Like, he looked really good, instinctive, and that's stuff that you really can't teach. The instinct stuff, you can't really teach that stuff. So, I was happy to see that. I thought overall, the secondary played pretty good. Dude, the kid, Elliott, Jalen Elliott, came out of nowhere, like, and was yeah. all over the field playing everywhere. I, I thought he was, you know, he was involved in everything. He was playing everywhere. That's a guy who, like, is a perfect, like, practice squad guy who like probably Mm -hmm. isn't going to make the team nobody knows who he is but he like has a few good moments in preseason but he'll end up on the practice squad this year and then next year he might be ready to kind of do something um
1: somebody will get hurt and they'll need him for a game or two and he'll fill in and you're not going to notice he's there and that's all you ask for right um i thought jack jones I didn't know. I mean, I noticed he was out there and that I saw the the Jersey number. I'm going back and forth between the Pat's website and my screen, trying to figure out who's who learning all the new numbers. And I figure he's out there. I'm like, all right, I want to, I want to watch him. I know the Pats were in on him through the whole draft process to heard good things. They're just not throwing to him, not throwing to him, not throwing to him. I'm seeing him run off my screen and that's it. And all I can get, get out of that is he must be They're not even looking his way. He must be doing a good job over there. Um, I think the other guy that was notable who we're not talking about is Marcus Jones. It's a guy who did not play. He suited up. They're not having him out there. I mean, he's starting with the first team. He was on the, the, whatever the first squad team was in their scrimmage. I think that says a lot about what the team feels about him. And it puts miles Bryant in a really tough position right now because he looked good as a punt returner and as a corner. And, he's clearly behind Marcus Jones, both of those things. He's probably going to end up being your third punt returner because Jabril Peppers can do it too. Right. And I mean, Miles Bryant is a guy who can at least be an NFL corner. And I don't know where he fits on this roster. I don't know how he makes
0: it. No. And that's the thing. I'd love, I love Miles Bryant and I would love to see him have a role here. I just don't know. I just don't know how you fit it in. Right. I don't know how you get him on the roster because you have, you know, we've talked about the corners. I thought Sean Wade, you know, I know he had he had a pass interference call, which I did not think was pass interference. Uh, was he had he? some he had some really nice plays today. And so that's yeah. a guy that I thought kind of didn't show anything in training camp. Like I was like, eh, okay, eh, he's fine. But he played really well tonight. He had he had that one play where, you know, maybe the ball's a little bit underthrown, but he got beat at the line of scrimmage and you know, it's a throw, I believe it was into the end zone or close to the end zone. He recovered really nicely and knocked the ball away and, and did a really nice job doing that. So I was happy to see that. So you're saying, okay, well, maybe Sean Wade makes a team. Okay, well, then if Sean Wade makes a team, then, you know, Jack Jones is on the team. And like you said, Marcus Jones, and, and I, I want to mention that because I think it's a perfect thing that you mentioned. So it's like, okay, we got those guys. Then Mitchell's obviously on the team. So does Malcolm Butler get cut? Like, you know, I don't know how. So, so now it's like. I thought Malcolm
1: Butler looked pretty good tonight. Yeah. But he and right. Mitchell both looked decent. I think they the first drive, it kind of took them a little bit to settle in and get back up yeah. to full speed. After that point, I thought they were fine.
0: The question, the biggest question with Malcolm Butler is, does he have the long speed anymore? Can yeah. he cover, you know, a guy downfield, right? Yes, he can stick in the red zone. He's there. He he has the instincts. And, in you know, we mentioned Jack Jones. He has the instincts. Malcolm has the instincts, too. He, he does a really nice job. He gets in there. He's He fights for every single inch. If the ball's up in the air, even if it's against a bigger guy like Devontae Parker, he's done it a bunch of times, he still knocks the ball away. Mm-hmm. But the question is, can he stay with someone, you know, it, when yeah. they're when they're running deep and and we don't know the answer to that yet, so we'll see.
1: Yeah, and obviously we got two more games and a whole bunch of joint practices mm-hmm. to figure all that out. So I mean, this is far from a, a finished product right Oh now. yeah,
0: hundred percent. And and you mentioned Marcus Jones, and I think I think it was fascinating when you look at, of course, the James White retirement today. So you know, James White is gone now. I had said I've been saying for months here that James White's not playing this year, right? So I, you know. You kind of look at it and say, "Okay, who's going to be that guy? Is Ramondre going to catch the ball a little bit more?" And I think it, I think you're you're really going to kind of see a patchwork of what they're going to do. But I thought it was very telling today that Tam, Ty Montgomery did not play one single snap today, right? And so, and you mentioned Marcus Jones already. Of course, Marcus Jones and and Cole Strange were the only rookies on the blue squad when they did the inter squad scrimmage, right? So you look at it and say, "Okay, those two guys are starters, right? They've already they've locked them in as starters, right?" And so Marcus Jones doesn't play. It's like he doesn't play because he's a starter and we don't want him to get hurt. That's the only reason he doesn't mm-hmm. play. Right. And so, um, so that was definitely interesting. So you look at, okay, we're happy with Marcus Jones. Ty Montgomery, same thing. You look at it and say, Ty Montgomery's on this team, right? Ramondre didn't play. Oh, Damian yeah. Harris didn't play. Ty Montgomery didn't play. He's on the team. Like that's because otherwise, you know, they're, they're putting him out there to compete. And, and I think that was for a guy that a lot of people thought, you know, wasn't going to make. The, I mean, it was pretty obvious. Anyone that had seen training camp was pretty obvious that he belonged on the field and can play, right? But still, people were saying, "Ah, he might not make the team." And I'm like, "No, I think he's gonna." And and tonight yeah, was that's, confirmation of that.
1: Yeah, that was one of those like day one of training camp. I was just reading how everything went, and it was like, "All right, I mean, he's he has to make the roster because there's nobody else on this team that can be a, a good receiving back." And I I wasn't sure if White was going to retire, but I was kind of at a point where i was like okay i mean he, this is a pretty serious hip injury and yeah. before that he pretty clearly had started to lose his step that i was like all right i don't know how effective he's going to be if and when he does come back montgomery is a guy i mean we've seen them do this with cordero patterson when they threw him in at running back at mm-hmm. one point they've done this before these positionless guys and it just kind of made sense both of the guys that they drafted can play a, a part in that passing game but that's not what they're there for they have the athletic traits but they're gonna have to be built into that I think right. really the only question around Montgomery is if he can hold up in pass protection, which we're going to find out. But yeah. I think he's going to get a lot of run this year.
0: Yeah, see, it certainly seems like it. And so, you know, we'll see, of course. And it's a long way to go. And like you said, you know, there's a long way to go. We haven't seen anything from the starting offensive line outside of Cole Strange. We haven't seen anything from the starting defense right outside of, you know, maybe a few of the linebackers they are going to be playing. So, you know, you really haven't seen anything from any of those guys yet. This week is going to be very interesting. Of course, Monday, they have a practice just on their own. Tuesday and Wednesday, they have practices with the Panthers, and then they'll play the Panthers on Friday night. So that's going to be fascinating to kind of see how that goes. Um, I am very interested in those joint practices because that's where you saw Mac Jones last year against the Giants, I believe, really kind of take that step where you were like, okay, like now we can see it, right? Right. And yeah, it happens in the preseason games a little bit, but in joint practices, they can set specific things up and say, okay, you're looking at this specific thing. I'm going to put you in this position and see how you react to that. And so yeah. you can kind of figure out what you want. And Belichick does a nice job of, of putting his players in positions that they don't want to be there. Uncomfortable positions. Right. Mm-hmm. I thought the perfect example was tonight, you know, it's third and one, they force an incompletion and um, and Sam Roberts forces a, a holding call, Belichick accepts the holding call and says, oh, let's put him back to third and 11. Now go make a play. And they pick up the first down. And they ended, I think they ended up scoring in that drive. So so that's one of those things where, like, he's going to intentionally do that because the preseason is about winning. It doesn't matter. We don't care about winning. We care about putting you in positions. You think you were just off the field. Guess what? You're not off the field. You got to go out and make another play. And they weren't able to do that, right? So th- those are the things that he likes to put stress on the team and on the players. And he's able to do that in a very you know, controlled environment in those joint practices. So that's going to be really fascinating to see. And I think this week against Carolina and then, of course, next week against against the Raiders is going to be really fascinating to see that from all angles, right? Offensive line, quarterback, everything else. And so yeah. we'll kind of see how everything gels.
1: Yeah, and it's, I mean, the story for the Patriots so far has been that offensive line. Yep. They, they get one more practice and you're going up against, real guys on that other side and you can shield them in a preseason game like tonight where you're just basically calling all passes and pretty simple pretty simple stuff all around for the play calling right. um although I will I will make one note on the play calling with Tyquan Thornton that I thought was interesting typically uh rookie receivers they're just gonna play the X and they're gonna be for Bill they're gonna we're gonna keep it simple for you and that's mostly what Thornton did in college um right. they had him in motion at the snap a handful of times tonight already week one of the preseason. I thought that was telling about what they think of him. And also, I mean, try to try to cover that guy when he has a full head of steam coming at you. He was, he was 10 yards downfield, the blink of an eye, it was in the red zone. They didn't go to him, but stuff like that. I'm very excited to see.
0: Yeah. No. And and I think, you know, and and to kind of piggyback off that, the play calling, I thought was pretty good, you know, and it did switch back and forth a little bit from Matty P to Joe judge. But I was, you know, I was pretty impressed. Matty P went, you know, went deep a few times. Got a little mm-hmm. aggressive. Joe Judge did the same thing. Got a little aggressive. So you like to see that. You like, you know, you like to see kind of them them going after it, taking a few, taking a few of those shots. You saw an RPO or two out there um, mm-hmm. when Zappy was out, of, was out of QB. So like, that's the type of stuff that I think we're gonna see from the offense. So just to get a little glimpse of it in the preseason was nice.
1: Yeah. And it was—I oh was being on Twitter during the game. You got guys pointing out which coaches are going over to Mac Jones and which ones are going over to Bailey Zappi. And I, I was just sitting there, like, it's Patricia's clearly the one that's going to be calling these plays. Yeah. Judge is going to be the backup, and it's going to be a collaborative effort, which it kind of has always been under Belichick, regardless of who has what title. I mean, right. especially when it's situational football, they're always going to be working together. It, it, whoever it is calling it in i guess matters to a degree but at the end of the day they're all working on this together and it's right. belichick's mind who has worked with the greats in his i mean has he ever hired a bad coach in new england somebody Man, that I, was objectively bad at what they yeah
0: do. no i don't think maybe dnp's you could argue that was was a was a failure here but but i mean dnp's a good coach so it's one of those things that you look at it and say okay you know yeah things haven't matter. worked out at times but for the most part I mean, yeah. they've been pretty lucky, you know, so yeah.
1: Patricia and Judge have both been head coaches, have both worked on both sides of the ball at a different point, or at least in kind of a neutral role. They've been working right. with Mac for a while. I don't know for a team that we've been told has been in disarray at some point. Some people say and then they pan over to the sideline. You got everybody jumping and hugging each other and having yeah. a great time. It's like, OK, yeah, it's yeah. It's, no. it's, it's a fun group.
0: And that's it. And that's the, my biggest thing is that the, that's the takeaway. And you've seen it with Brady in the past, of course, like, but this team loves each other. They, yeah. you know, Mac and you see Mac and Bourne and Harris and they're all, you know, having fun. And, and that's what you want to see from a young team is that they're, ha- they're having fun. But not at the expense, not at the expense of working hard. And that is not nothing that I will ever question with Mac Jones. The guy works his ass off. So, like, I'm not worried about that. So you like to see them have fun. Because then you hear things like, you know, David Andrews, who's like, the guy just, I'm like, dude, relax. Like, it doesn't have to be perfect every single, for every single thing doesn't have to be perfect. And he's like, no, I have to get every single thing right every single time. Like, that's the type of pressure they put on themselves. So it's like knowing that they're going to put that work in, you love to see them having fun because that's what they're supposed to do.
1: Yeah, and it's, I mean, we heard Brady say it for years, we've heard Bill say it. It's trust and accountability. And if you build Mm -hmm. that, and you really, if you know the guy next to you is putting the work in then in the moments where you don't have to put the work in, there's going to be a lot of respect and a lot of trust between the two of you, which just builds good relationships. And I mean, a lot of these guys have been here for a while now too, like two, three years where they've been able to build this. So, and obviously you got Mac and Kendrick Bourne, who are good personalities too, on top of all that. And it kind of all comes together. So yeah, good stuff all around.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Agreed. So, all right, well, that's all we got for the, uh, unless you got anything else, you got anything else? Um, you I saw. Know, I,
1: this is our, our the first uh Patriots preseason loss since the last week of 2019 in that preseason. So they didn't lose yeah. last year and they didn't do a preseason the year before. So that's
0: a good point. Now it's not like the it's not like the Ravens who have won like 96 straight. But you know it's still Did they win still notable. Oh, I don't know. Did the Ra- I thought the Ravens played uh, tomorrow night?
1: No, they played the Titans tonight. Oh, um, they Willis played the gone. Titans. Malik Willis was killing them. Uh, right. The Ravens won.
0: Oh, of course he did.
1: Twenty-three. To 10. Uh, Malik Willis, I saw the highlights, but I heard outside of the highlights, he was a little bit up and down.
0: Which Well, I let's see. Use. Let's see what the box score looks like. Malik Willis, 6 out of 11, 107 yards passing, 2 sacks for 13 yards, 5 carries for 38 yards. That sounds about six, nine, right. 11. That's not good. Logan Woodside, 14 for 24 for 102 yards. How do you get 14 completions for 100 yards? That's cool. Anyways, why the hell? I'm looking at Titan stats. But nevertheless... <laughs> Uh Logan
1: Woodside is such a backup quarterback
0: name. Oh, it's so it totally is. It's like I name my kid Logan Woodside just to be a backup quarterback in the NFL, which I mean is a really I mean, shoot, it's a great job. you know? Yeah. So but anyways, all right. Well, Matt, thank you for joining me, sir. And uh That's we'll be right, back around. Man. I I am uh next week I'm on vacation next week. So I'm gonna see if I can make a show happen next week. We'll see if we can pull something off. Uh, next week but uh, but we'll go from there but thanks for listening guys and uh and we will see you uh we'll see you hopefully next week